it down the dumpster. Yeah, destroy it, set it on fire, pick, kill it. Kill that word. Welcome to a podcast, numero sixo. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Well, I've got my shorts and t-shirt on because it's Saturday and I loves myself a Saturday. Wolf whistles at the ready. I know, get ready for it. So it might be the weekend, but we're not letting up. We've got another great guest. Who have we got today then? Today we're talking to Adela Marcy, who is a legendary copywriter, has generated more money than I care to imagine for a ton of clients in a bunch of different niches, writing them words what sell. Words what sell. So what's really nice about what Adil shared in this is he gives us an entire formula for a sales letter. So if you've ever stared at that empty page thinking, oh gosh, I really need to do something. I really need to write some words that are going to sell my latest product. Then you're certainly going to get the formula that Adil uses. And he's also got some really sweet words that he uses to really, uh, what would you say, increase conversions of the offer when it comes to like the buy now button. He's got some cracking ideas on that. Absolutely. I'm a real conversion nerd, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that stuff. I think it's uh, everything you can do to avoid having a sales letter that just says, dear friend, add to cart, <laughs> talk to you soon. Uh, and so that's really going to give you a good framework to follow. And we don't let him off lightly because at the end, we actually do ask him about when he's critiquing his own work or other people's work, what are the first things he dives in on and actually tries to fix? So uh, you can do that for your own work as well. So let's bring him in. All right. So Adil, one of the first things that you really have to do in most sales copy is to grab people's attention, just grab them and make them pay attention. So what are your top strategies for doing this? Uh, quite simple, really, guys. It's whenever I'm looking at a sales letter to grab someone's attention, I, I focus in on the research I put into it so I understand what their pleasure and pain are. Mm-hmm. So if they, I look at both sides. So whenever I'm writing a headline, I will highlight or elicit some form of awareness to their pain, but wrap it up in a positive. So kind of like, I don't know, give me an industry, whatever it is. Could be anything. Um, we'll give you real estate. Okay, real estate. What are you selling? Uh, we're going to sell, I don't know, so lux- I guess, luxury yeah. mansions. Okay, luxury mansions. So like one of the big problems for people that are they're looking for luxury mansions, that sounds really, really stupid because of the fast world problems, is... They don't know which one they want to get because it has all these things they want, but they don't know which one's the right one. So I'm going to sell them on the idea that I'm the person that they want to buy their luxury mansion from. So you really know the pain is kind of like indecision. Is it going to have everything? Is the family going to be okay with this? This is the guy that, you know, it's going to be amazing. I love the fucking mansion. Yay. So the headline to actually grab someone's attention is quite simple. So it'd be something along the lines of either an if then, a discover or a reveal kind of thing. For someone like this, it's easy. It's an if then for me. It would be something along the lines of, and these are just basic ones when you can play them later down the line. But the FN one that I'd write would be, if you've been searching for a luxury mansion and find uh, and are finding yourself almost pulling your hair out and wondering if it's even worth it, then read every word below as I'm going to, as I'm going to share with you what every one of my high-end clients has said about buying mansions or something along those lines. Okay. Essentially, it's kind of like gone into like, okay, you're solving my problem by actually giving me an answer, there's credibility that other people have said this, and they actually understand they want to tear my hair out because most people don't even think about the problems that someone with a shit ton of money would have. They're like, oh, they can have any house they want, but they don't want any house. They have a very specific thing in mind. And if they don't find it's frustration, so you're addressing that. So the best tips I can give you in terms of grabbing people's attention is do your research and understand exactly what it is they want and then kind of place it into a headline that allows them to have it. 
because that's kind of the big thing. No one's going to read just like, it's so weird diversifying the 80-20 rule on a headline because it's 80% of your attention will start off at the headline and 20% of the rest of your copy, but that 20% of the rest of the copy will actually develop 80% of your profits, whereas the headline only bring you 20% of your profits. So you need to grab their attention and get them going straight away. That's really interesting to think about it that way around with the 80-20 rule, isn't it? I think there was a, a real writer downer there for people as well. Could you just very quickly rattle through those headline formulas that you mentioned? Yeah, so there's three that I use to start off with always. It is a discover headline. Yeah, so an if-then, so an if-blah-blah-blah scenario, then whatever it is. Yep. And a revealed headline. Now, there are a lot of people that like, they don't play this anymore because it was huge in like late 2010 up to 2012. It was the who else wants headline. And everyone and their brother and mother was using that for a long time. The only problem with it was it's kind of a really shit headline to use if you don't know what you're doing. Okay, great. Excellent. Okay. So we've talked about headlines. We've talked about grabbing people's attention uh, by sort of tapping into the things that they want and those great fantastic formulas. Keep on that formula thing. So I think that's what we all really want when it comes down to yeah. writing our own copy if we're not out there getting our own you know, professional copywriter like yourself. What is a really good formula for a really compelling, dare we say, perfect offer? That's kind of hard. And it's actually kind of interesting because I will be giving this to you guys, but I'm not going to be going into too much depth. So I'm going to preface that. So I'm going to rattle through it. Just listen back to the recording is what I'm going to say because you're going to want to write this down. So it's 15 points that you want to go through. Okay. And it's, you want to have a beneficial pre-headline or headline. You can have both, but you can, the pre-headline is kind of like a misnomer. You don't really need it, but you can have it. The headline has to be beneficially driven. The subheadline has to continue off the headline. And the formula for subheadlines is the same as headlines. If then discover revealed, but you can't use an if then headline and, and an if then subheadline. It has to be an if then headline and a discover subheadline or a reveal subheadline. And vice versa, you never want to have the same word at the start. It's always different entry points. The third thing is you want to have an opening paragraph here. A lot of people go straight to the dear friend introduction. No, you want to have an opening paragraph that continues on the conversation from the headline, from the subheadline. Then you want to have the introduction to who you are. Then it's the story of how you came to the conclusion that you have. Like, what is the journey that you went from to actually understand the revelation of the product and or service that you're selling? Then it's the revelation of products and service, that's point six. Point seven is explanation of everything that someone's getting. So point six is introduce the product. Point seven is explain what's in it in as much depth as possible. Don't be boring. Use a lot of bullet points. Um, step eight, testimonials. Kill it with the testimonials. It's amazing. Step nine isn't bonuses. A lot of people think you put bonuses in this section. You don't. That comes way later. You actually give them uh, how, the price reveal. You tell them what the price is, why it's that much. You justify the price entirely in this one section. The step after, I think we're at step 10, is start asking for the sale. Tell them how to buy. Get into real specific detail on how someone needs to buy. Remove as much fear as possible. This is one of the things that has kind of projected me to the top of my profession and has kept me there quietly behind the scenes for a lot of people. It's down to this whole idea that, you know, I can close better than most people. It's only because I know how to remove more fear than anyone else. That's kind of the big thing. That's, that's the big series. The secret. I remove fear. Plain and simple. Um, step 11 is that's when you actually give you guarantee. And the longer the guarantee, the better because people forget. Sounds really stupid, but people always buy and they just forget they have it. And it's a great way for you to actually make sure that your customers um, are there for you. And honor that guarantee. If they actually send you an email in a year's time and it's a year-long email, uh, guarantee, 
refund them. I mean, I kind of was a bit of a dick in one of my uh, guarantees that I wrote, which was if you, uh, like, I'm giving you a 365 day money back guarantee. If for whatever reason you are unsatisfied, unhappy with this, uh, or what I teach you doesn't work, then definitely send me an email because clearly you need the money more than I do. <laughs> because what I was teaching them was how to write sales letters and make them money. I'm like, if you can't write a damn sales letter after I'm teaching you how to do it, I'm sorry, but there's no hope for you. Then uh, after the guarantee, that's where you give them the bonus. Most people put the bonuses around the product area. You want to put it after the guarantee. The reason is up to the pro- uh, up to the price reveal, people are either a yes, a no, or a maybe. And the bonuses are about solidifying the yeses, knocking the maybes into a yes, and knocking the noes onto a maybe. Right, so you see how that actually play, plays out. Then finally, after you've actually hit this point, I think we're at point 13 or 12. So let's see, you've got close, guarantee, bonuses. Then you do the reclose where you remind them of everything they're getting and what to do next. Again, just remind them again, people are not going to scroll up. Just keep going down, it's a downward spiral. Finally, then you want to have the sign-off and your PSs. So you want to sign off in your own signature way and then have your PSs underneath that reminds them of different things. So P- the first PS is always a reminder of what they're getting. The second PS, well, the first reminder is PS, here's the thing, by the way, this is an advantage for you. The second PS is all about why they want to go through this process. Like, okay, why do you want to buy this? Just remind them here very, very quickly. And the third is how to order and the guarantees they have. Dead simple. So that's basically the perfect formula in my mind for offer creation. That's cool. I think people will sit down with a blank word document or whatever, and they're ready to start typing this sales letter out and they go, Oh my God, you know, there's no direction. There's no path. Whereas that gives people a really nice framework to put their entire sales letter out and just run it all the way through. So that's awesome. One of the things I think that's interesting is there's a lot of talk about having sort of personality injected into sales copy these days, a little bit like the guarantee that you just mentioned in that last answer. I think, you know, it's hard to translate, you know, somebody might have a really colorful personality in real life or want to take the most colorful parts of their personality and put it into the copy have you got any but that's kind of hard to do have you got any cool hacks in order to take their personality and inject it into the written word uh two i'm going to give you both extremes one is someone that is extremely fun uh another person's extremely boring but very very knowledgeable and you need their advice so an extremely fun person with the advent of video sales let's just do a video sales that's it that would be my first piece of advice but if you're right i don't want to be on video i don't have the time Get your phone. You have an app on there called Voice Memos. Everyone has those. It's a voice note. Record your letter. Write it out and record it out. Or even better yet, put bullet points of what you want to cover in your sales letter based on the 15-point checklist they just gave you and verbalize that shit. Once you do that, transcribe it. Send it over to rev.com. Get it transcribed. Now you have a sales letter in your voice and your quirks and how you speak and everything else and produce it that way. People read out loud inside their own head most of the time. And they're imagining what your voice sounds like, which is why when I write, I always try to get into my client's head and their voice. So with what you want to do is essentially get inside your own head and portray that through the sales. So once you've verbalized it, you transcribe it, tell how you're ready to go, you're off to the races. And everyone's like, that's exactly how they sound because you wrote it as you speak. I think that's really cool for somebody who might, you know, on paper, they might say, I am going to, but then in real life would say, I'm gonna, when that, and they yeah. might be happy to type that. So if, they, well, if they're actually listening back to themselves saying it, then I think that's really cool. Yeah. And drop that I am going to bullshit, please. No one ever does that anymore. Everyone pretty much, the target demographic under 40 will say, I'm gonna. There's yeah. very few people say, I'm going to. Unless you're being like, I'm, I'm going to actually do this. And it's not that I am, it's I'm, like I apostrophe am. Now for the other end of the extreme, like I'm going to be boring as fuck and no one really cares about you, but you have amazing content that can change people's lives. Um, 
best way of doing this, again, go back to my checklist. What I tend to do when I actually write down for people like this is same with anything. I actually plaster these checklists on shelves on, um, on a page document or a word document. I just lay it out, play around with it. If I'm boring and I have to be boring for certain industry, but very knowledgeable, I kind of like just portray on benefits. What are the, I, I take myself out of it almost entirely, except for I introduce myself and say, now I can talk about myself all day long, but I guarantee you, I will put you to sleep and bore you. If you're boring, own it, tell it, and just say, but what I'm going to share with you is so powerful that it will shape the course of whatever they're doing. Mm. So you just okay. own it. That's what I mean, you, you did mention there, you mentioned that you have had to write stuff about things you weren't so passionate about, or perhaps think, obviously as a professional copywriter, that's what you do. You write about all kinds of things from things you know lots about and things you might be really passionate about up to things you know very little about are things you some things are trickier to make sexier than others right so can you tell us a little bit about maybe a time that you had to write some copy for something you knew little to nothing about and how you actually go about doing that oh uh sure it's like this research process i developed um over the years it's only up until six weeks ago i really kind of got it down to explain to another human being when I'm writing for boring stuff that really doesn't matter, that I'm not really passionate about, but it's a really fun project, the process was I'd speak to my client, get in their heads. Once I got their voice down, that's awesome. What I would do then is I'd find their best customers and I'd interview them. I'd interview their best customers, find out what they bought, reverse engineer their buying reasons, and then just start using the formula I gave you guys at the start of the show. That right there has saved me so many times, even when I'm writing a really boring piece of work that I'm not passionate about or I know very little about. It all comes down to research. If I've got writer's block, it's because I've not done enough research. The, the strategy, realistically, is interview your best client, your client's best client, or interview your best client, and hang around that person's tribe. Find out what their pop culture is. Find out their pop culture is. Find out where they hang out. Find out what their hobbies are. Start doing them. Immerse yourself in that person's world, and I guarantee you'll be able to speak the lingo that your best prospect and best customer has, and then you just transcribe that into writing. If somebody had a letter and they brought it to you and they said, this isn't converting, or maybe you wrote something and it just wasn't getting the results that you thought it was, and you think the letter's pretty good, but I need to test stuff, what's the first thing that you would tweak in order to try and get that conversion? Before I do anything, I need to make sure it's had a thousand eyeballs on there, a thousand unique clicks, because otherwise I've got no metrics. Because I've had that happen before where the clients come to me and go, this doesn't convert. And I was like, how many people have seen that? Like 10. I'm like, you're, you're a fucking idiot. Come back to me when there's a thousand. Like, why? I was like, because however you're sending traffic, your best prospects haven't seen this yet. In the end, they did actually trust my word, and we actually wanted to make a very good profit for them. Mm. But, of course, I've had ones that failed. Everyone has. The way that I actually look at it, whenever a letter's brought to me, even as my own, the first thing I tweak always is the headline. Uh, and the second thing I tweak, that's if it's my own, I always tweak the headline, and then I always tweak the, uh, the angle that I use with the letter for the opener, you know, to really help them in. Hmm. things I don't tweak. Uh, if I wrote it, I never tweak my clothes. If I'm being asked to critique a letter, like if I get hired to write, uh, you know, critique a sales letter like I'm currently doing uh, this week, it's essentially, I just, I look at their clothes. I look at their headline. I look at their story. So I go headline, opener, story, clothes, and that's what I look at. Because those, those are the big parts for me. I just kind of go, okay, well, those. And then after that, I look at like the offer, how they structured the offer. Do they make it sound sexy or boring? Okay, so when you look at other people's stuff, because you mentioned some of your stuff there, when you look at their sales letters and that kind of thing, what's the most common issue that you've actually found within them to improve? Those exact same things I just said. Their headline, their story, 
their clothes are the top three things they're looking at. And then okay. again, it's to reverse engineer the angle they've worked with. So here's the interesting thing for all of the kind of conversion geeks like me out there. Um, have you got a particular conversion trend that you can share? Like, have you found there's one particular phrase that converts particularly well? Or maybe if you stick one specific piece of text on the buy button, something like that. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys three. Uh, it's dead easy. The first one I'm going to give you is kind of a negative one, one that you should avoid. And that is the word learn. Avoid that, like black it. Like throw it down the dumpster. Yeah, destroy it, set it on fire, pick, kill it. Kill that word. It is a dead word for you. Because the people that you most likely are selling to are rebels like you. Learning is an institutional aspect based on college and university and school, usually pain. And people can say, oh, it's because of what? No, because subconsciously school was hell for a lot of people. So you're essentially giving them an idea that they're going back to the place they just escaped from as an adult. The second thing I'd say is enter your regular detail. I shared this with Mark Joyner. And Mark Joyner, for those who don't know, is like a legend in the online world. He, he's a psychology uh, guy. He loves looking at how words impact people as well. Um, we both do, which is why we connected. What he said to me was that you don't even trip the privacy wire when you say that, do you? It's like, no. Because the way I can give you an example of this is, so here's what you do next to buy. As I said, you remove fear, and that's the trend. Removing fear and telling stories, that's point three. Point two is quite simple. So here's what you do next. I want you to click the order button. Will you be ta- well, you'll be taken to the Thrive Cart Thrive order page, where all you have to do is... Enter your regular details and complete your investment today. And then you tell them what happens next because you remove all fear. Those four words, heavily charged. Enter, command, your, them, regular, it's normal, details, could be anything. So you basically normalize the process that could give some people anxiety. Yeah, pretty ninja, aren't they? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, very covert words they use then, just basically. Uh, it, to give you guys an example, thinking, oh, that won't work. I boosted sales lessons from like 25 to 37% conversion just by using these four words. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Got it. Okay. What we're going to do then, we're going to now jump into something we call the quick fire round. Okay, cool. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on your podcast player. Okay. So let's start off with a book that you recommend. Okay, so any book that I recommend anyone read, uh, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Love it, love it. And what would you say is your top success habit? Do something that's physically active. For me, it's jiu-jitsu. Love doing personal jiu-jitsu every day. Excellent. Who do you look up to? Ooh, kind of a hard one for me. Um, I guess my mom is kind of like my hero, but if we're talking business-wise, probably my friend Tony Grabmeyer. I look up to him a lot. That guy is not just because he's a little bit taller than me, but he's just an amazing human being. Okay, and how do you define success? Pretty similar to how Earl Nightingale did it, uh, and that is basically the pursuit of a worthy ideal. Um, but more importantly, it's how I feel. Like, if I've actually said that I want to go make £100,000 in a year and I want to do a monthly income, my success is based on have I achieved that goal, um, but also how do I feel. Like, it's not just the money aspect. It's like I want to make, I don't know, £8,500 a month while feeling amazing, uh, healthy, vibrant and having enough time for myself. Um, and if I don't achieve one of those aspects, then I'm not succeeded. So that's what I look, I look like. Okay. That's what I look for, sorry. <laughs> now here's the big important question here at the podcast, and that is, who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? Ooh, 50-50 splits. I love you both. <laughs> oh, you're such a darling. But finally, tell us, where can folks go to find out more about you? Um, cool. So I'm going to give them two sites, if that's okay. 
Absolutely. Those two different parties. So the first one I'd say everyone go to is uh, adilamarsi.com. That's just A-D-I-L-A-M-A-R-S-I.com. If you go there, we're going to be rebuilding it soon. But you can check out more about me. You can listen to podcasts that we have over there as well, which I'll be getting Rob and Candy on as well at some point. Just have you know, have a hangout, check out the stuff we've got going on. The other site is where I tell you if you want to understand more and discover more about how I can help you, go to storysellingemails.com. So not storytelling, but storysellingemails.com with an S at the end. Just opt in for the email video that I actually share, which is going to help you understand how to write better emails like your welcome sequence and get people to engage with you over a long-term uh, period. That's great. And actually, we'll pop a link into the show notes as well, which you'll be able to find over at blog.responsesuite.com. We'll get you those links straight over to find out more over there as well. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? To, uh, there'll be loads of people out there who've got a product, they've got something happening, and they'll be saying, this just isn't converting. Yeah. And they probably just, for initially, they have to just make sure they're getting enough traffic to make sure that's a viable metric in the first place. I mean, a thousand eyeballs is what he's saying he really wants. And I think that's, I was just shocked. I, I looked at Rob across the day thinking a thousand we wouldn't let it go that far before we were like let's change things let's change things and maybe we're just a little bit too impatient for me i think there's a real ease to look at the stuff you're right and think oh it's just bland it's bland or a lot of sales let us sort of read the same it's trying to really find your personality in that i mean we talked about personality just yesterday with paul and how to get that on the page well the perfect way for someone like paul who uses personality in so much of his marketing and maybe yourself a really good way of standing out in any marketplace is to to use that personality so an idea that Adil had there around record it and then just get somebody to tra- transcribe it and then of course you want to go back through it and, and just neaten it up a little bit and make sure it was suitable for the page that's a real blinder of an idea a nice little shortcut for anybody who is not so happy at sitting down at that blank screen that keyboard you know not only that but I think there's loads of words that we all inherently use every single day I know mine is absolutely I say the word absolutely far too much there's going to be an episode of this podcast called the absolutely episode absolutely where all we do all we do is listen to outtakes of you saying absolutely 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 <laughs> minutes. Um, so yeah I think there's loads of words that we all inherently use and learn is one of them so I think to hear that actually that's a word you should take straight out of your sales copy is really interesting yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, it really is. No, it really, really is. So that's it for the episode. Tomorrow might be Sunday, but we're going to be up. We're going to be up early and we're going to be here with another cracking interview. Make sure if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review over on the iTunes machine and make sure you subscribe to the three marketers walk into a podcast. You can, of course, also follow us on the socials medias, uh, Facebook or Twitter just or Instagram because uh, we're cool. Just search for Response Suite. You'll be able to find us and you'll be able to see all the latest stuff that's going on, new podcast episodes and blog posts and crazy other shenanigans. All the shenanigans is happening right up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Never say that again. Before we go wild, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.